Who are the best backcourts, backcourts in college basketball? Coming up next on Locked On NBA Big Board. You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? My name is Richard Stamen. This is Leaf Tuin with me. We are filling in for the great Raphael Barlow as he is out uh, on paternity leave pretty much. So congratulations to him. Also, happy birthday to Raphael. Uh, today is his birthday, the uh, 26th of June. Uh, but my name is Richard Stamen. I am media credentialed in college basketball throughout. TCU is my home, uh, home spot and generally go some other places as well. And I'm joined by Leaf Tween, who is one of the best college basketball followers on Twitter. He knows the game inside and out. He came up with today's topic, so I wanted to talk with him about that. Uh, the best college basketball backwards in the game. But before we do, I want to say thank you to everybody who continues to listen to us through the dog days of the offseason. I know this isn't exactly the most exciting time of the of the offseason. There's literally nothing happening. Peach Jam just ended, so that was like exciting. And offseason's kind of you know, Colin Sexton's still available. It's pretty much where we are. So other than that, basketball is kind of dead in the basketball tournament. So thank you for making us your first listen of the day and continuing to listen to us. It does mean a lot. We've, as I was saying, you're big in college basketball. Let's get the ball rolling. Who do you have? We're going to rank the, the top backcourts in college basketball, the top five. Who do you have? Doesn't have to be your number one, but who do you want to kick it off with first we can talk about? Uh, yeah, let's start with the number one because uh... – I've already talked about them at nauseum. I, I, I'll just say this. This is, this is the way I analyze college basketball. What team has the best guards and they win? And, and they've got to have supporting cast. And sometimes it helps to have a star. But I usually just pick the team with the best guards in, the, in college basketball. And typically it's been successful. I will say that Kansas won. And this may get some Kansas people frustrated at me. I think Kansas had the worst guards to win a national championship um, of any team in the past 25 years other than Actually, no, I think I think I think that's the, the statement uh, that they had the worst guards to win a national championship in the past 15, 20 years. Um, anyway, long story short, I'll go to this positive of this is the team that won previously was Baylor and they had the best guards in college basketball by a large margin, even against a team that was undefeated entering the tournament. And that was Gonzaga. And my number one team in terms of the backcourt in America and my favorite to win the national championship is those same Baylor Bears. Keontae George, we've talked about together. I've talked about him separately. Stud. He can score the ball at an elite level, scored 32 points against Italy, 37 against uh, U23 of Canada in the global games for Baylor without his backcourt mates of Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, who people forget about. He was out for the number one seed Baylor. He was their lead scorer last year. And part of the year he was coming off the bench and then he took a kind of played second fiddle and there was this awkward ball dominance relationship between he and James Akinjo. Well, he's back and he's awesome. And Langston Love, who I know you're really high on his back as well after tearing an ACL. And I think anytime you can have Langston Love as your fourth best guard, and I think he's definitively their fourth best guard, um, that's the best backcourt in America. And, and the, the front court's filling out all right. And if Jonathan Chamo Chachua comes back, that is my early favorite to win a national championship. And not a bad futures price if, if you're interested in that market. Yeah, I don't think Baylor is my exact number one backcourt, but I agree that I think they're going to title favorites because they're so stacked at backcourt. Like in terms of just star power, they're not my, my number one. Um, I do love just how many ball handlers they have and how different versatile skill sets everybody has. 
on both ends of the floor. I think it's going to be a really good team. And I agree. I think they should be the absolute national title favorites. Uh, the one I would start off with, and Baylor is in mind. So actually, we can talk more about that, too. I think you covered it pretty well. Uh, Keontae George Flagler was pretty much my very low like quality, I guess, uh, you know, introduction to it for me. I was just like, all right, I really like these two guys at a high level. You throw in links and love him there. I'm sure someone else will emerge as a guy who just thrives because that's what Baylor does. And I think they're definitely in my top five. So that tackles one of them. Another my top five is Miami. I really like what they do. Uh, obviously, if you've been following me uh, on Twitter at Mavstrap throughout the season at any point, once a week at minimum, I'm tweeting about Miami just because I like Isaiah Wong so much. And another guy who I really like is Nigel Pack, who is from Kansas State transferring in. I actually got to meet both of them over in Miami in May, got to see both of them work out. It's a really cool experience, and they're going to be really good together. Isaiah Wong is working on his shot. Nigel Pack probably is the best shooter in the country. And not only that, Nigel Pack has a really good finishing game around the rim for his size and is a good facilitator. I think they're going to feed off of each other a lot. It's a big upgrade from Charlie Moore, no disrespect intended, but Nigel Pack's just a lot better and he's a lot younger too. I think that's got a really good argument to be the number one backcourt in the country. And also from a draft perspective, I think both of them could easily get drafted. It's harder for Wong because he'll be a senior, but ultimately you look at the talent, they are both draftable to me. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are on Miami, but if you don't have anything else uh, on them, feel free to list your number two. Yeah, I have Miami at the the tail end of my top five. I think they're kind of edging out a few teams for five, six, and seven are really close. Um, I have them in top five just because of the proven production of Wong and uh, Pack. Pack, I really thought he was going to go to Purdue and thrive in like a Carson Edwards-like role where he gets to shoot the lights out. He'll still do that at Miami, but it's I'm curious to see whether he plays with the ball more or if, if uh, Isaiah Wong is going to play with the ball more because he's got the separation ability that I know you've highlighted on your Twitter page many a time, and he's got great athleticism. Anyway, interesting team to watch, but I'll stay in the ACC for my number two team that, that I think will probably, if you, were, if you were to look at sports books, I'd imagine they're the favorite to win the national championship right now. And a large portion why is this backcourt of R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, both juniors at North Carolina. They're the presumptive favorites in the ACC at the very least. And they have Armando Baycott up front, who is their best player. And, and so that always helps when you've got another player that's in your top top two, three in the, in the country backcourt. Um, to break down their games, we've talked about uh, Caleb Love a couple times on this, on this podcast and the old one, Locked on NBA Draft. Uh, Caleb Love is a scoring guard who's who figured out how to play off the ball and lot and took away his uh, playmaking duties and put the ball in the hands of RJ Davis, put love off the ball and voila, they turn around uh, and go to the championship and make a claim for winning the championship and probably should have um, RJ Davis is, is a very good shooter. He's a good decisive point guard um, and they'll just need to balance who gets the ball and when, because they got a lot of mouths to feed. They, they got Pete Nance, in the transfer portal, obviously Armando Baycott and then Caleb Love. I think lots of people say, wow, he won them the game against Duke. He was awesome against UCLA in the Sweet 16, but he shot them out of the game in Kansas. And I don't think that's necessarily fair, but what is fair is the fact that he he took some ill-advised shots and he's got that kind of ultimate green light. And sometimes you want to give your guards that. So that's a slight concern for me, but those two players together are very difficult to to outmatch in terms of what they've accomplished already, their age as players and just like their cohesiveness. Um, and so, and I think 
both have second round potential. I don't think either, either are great draft prospects, but they're phenomenal college guards. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they made the NCAA or, you know, they made the NCAA tournament final. It's like with that backward, they're probably going to be in the at minimum sweet 16 again, depending on their draw. RJ Davis is really impressive. I wish both of them had a little bit more size. I think that would have probably propelled them to be up there for me because personally, I don't see either of them getting drafted. Uh, Caleb Love has historically bad inefficient inefficiencies from the two point range. Uh, RJ Davis needs to be more efficient. I think his is a lot more realistic of a path to improvement has a two to one assist to turnover ratio. That's a lot more promising than Caleb Love. So um, actually I'm going to fact check up myself on that mid sentence because I feel like that's not right. Uh, no, no, it is. Caleb Love needs to also reduce turnovers. He averaged the same amount of assists, almost a full turnover more. Uh, so that's definitely, uh, something to monitor. I'll, I'll stick with my hometown, uh, bias, I guess here. And I'm, I'm going to throw another one in the mix. This isn't necessarily my number two, but, uh, just figure I'll tackle these both out of the way early and that is TCU. I really love their backcourt. It's a reason they're a top 10 consensus team preseason. And it starts with Mike Miles. I mean, he's going to be, I think he's going to have an all-American year. You look at what he did last year. I, I posted an interesting stat, which is uh, it's not anything too deep or anything like that, but Mike Miles for the year, he shot, he had averaged 15 points a game, four assists, 38% shooting. Uh, and that was on 30% from three. If you took out all of his floaters from the season, because even going back to EYBL and stuff, he loves that little runner and floater. He loves going left, running right, kind of just, it's unblockable. It's an unblockable shot. If it goes in, you know, can't do it. Like that is an unguardable play, which he has the skill for, but he's just not making it. And it's really hindering his, his field goal percentage. If you took all of that out, his field goal percentage skyrocketed like 43, 44%, which is very respectable for a six, one guard. So uh, I think that's something one one of two things happens. He stops taking them nearly as much or he gets better at them and starts making them more. So it, I think it's a tough shot to really be a consistent shot maker at. Granted, he's only 19 years old, still is 19 for a couple more weeks. Will be will be 20 years old as a junior, the youngest junior in the class. And, and that's on draft night. But for the college game, I mean, you just look at a guard who can break the defenses down, can get to the rim, can shoot. I think he can defend enough. Uh, you, you want him on the smallest player. You can't really flex him out of point guards. But then you pair him with Damian Baugh, who I really like. He's an absolute dog on defense. I think he's one of the more fun. I think he's just one of the more fun players. He can ISO. He can get to the rim. Needs to be more consistent from three. But I think he's a pro. Uh, I think he could play easily in the G League next season. So I, I, think, uh, I think that's my – those are my top – two favorites at least. I don't know if they're actually my top two, but uh, those are my two, but we'll get on to some of the more of the top five. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Are you ready? It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. It feels like every time we tell you about Built Bar, they have a new flavor. I was just trying the puffs, uh, a different flavor of puffs. But they have cookie dough chunk puffs. Uh, I think it was having the marshmallow chunk puffs or something like that. And it is absolutely delicious. I still haven't gone through my box yet because I'm scared to get rid of it at this point where it's like if I eat it, there's nothing left. But you get all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it and it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. 
So go to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself, kind of like I do. Like all the built bars, the new cookie dough puff, uh, chunk puff, excuse me, is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. It is so good. What's great about built is all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. You eat something good, tastes good, it's good for you. It's a win, win, win. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. So continuing back with our top five college basketball backcourts with Leaf Tuline, I am Richard Stamen. Leaf, I just ended with TCU on the other end. We had, so the four we've listed so far, Leaf listed Baylor, North Carolina. I listed TCU and Miami. Who, do, who are your next two you want to talk about? I'll, I'll eat I, one at a time. I love I love the TCU one that you did. I, I saw them play in person and Damian Baugh and Mike Miles really stood out to me. And I, I have them right on the fringe of my top five. The next one I'm going to talk about is, is uh, near TCU. It's Houston. Um, Houston made the final four, um, in a, a, two years ago and they were led by different set of guards. They had, they, they had healthy Mark Sasser. They had Quentin Grimes and who's obviously a very prevalent NBA talk right now. And, and this past year, um, they were missing Mark Sasser and Tremont Mark. And then Jamal shed just, just took this huge leap that I don't think anyone truly anticipated, and made himself a household name in college basketball fans' houses. And uh, and now they've got Tremont – I'm sorry, you've got Mark Sasser and uh, Jamal Shedd playing together. They're an undersized backcourt. So NBA draft scouting is a little different on this, but Mark Sasser can score. He played at the Combine and still could score, especially at the G League Combine. And uh, he'll come back, and I think he's going to average over 20 points a game on a Houston team that should be a lock to be a top 10 team all season long. Uh, Kelvin Sampson preaches defense and intensity, but when you got a guy who can score like Mark Sasser, and then you've got that dog who's the, the kind of the floor general um, in Jamal Shedd, it's hard to overlook what they can do in terms of productivity, but also just the way they both will impact winning. It's hard to overlook. Um, what Houston's got going on over there. And, and these two will be the engines and the catalysts for, I think the most complete Houston team, it's obviously hard to be better than a final four and elite eight back to back. And we'll see, maybe they can take a step forward, but I think on paper, this is the best Houston team they've had. And um, I think Mark Sasser is going to be an all American. Yeah. Marcus Sasser returning from the draft. I know he wanted a first round pick, uh, excuse me, first round promise for him. Um, so I, I think that's a, a really good backcourt. And also like, I mean, their recruiting class is absolutely stacked. Uh, I know they got Jairus Walker as a forward, but, and then Terrence Arsenault, who's a, also a wing, but I mean, he's going to handle the ball a lot. Like, I mean, they're going to be a really good team. I don't think you said it. I mean, yeah, it's hard to go back to back uh, at what they did, even making the elite eight plus twice in a row, but it wouldn't shock me if they did it three years in a row. That, that program's one of the best, I, I hate calling them a mid-major because they're just not, but they're like the best non-Power 5 school, I think, that's not named Gonzaga. And speaking of Gonzaga, I, I actually am going to give a curveball. Uh, I know I'd, I I had a planned top five. I actually really like Gonzaga's backcourt, and I think this is a little bit of a hot take here, um, but I love Nolan Hickman. I think he weighs so much on my mind for this that that's why I have them this high, but him and Hunter Salas, 
Um, as a backcourt, I really like. I know it's hard to lose. Uh, it's hard to lose Andrew Nemhard, and then also you throw in. Um, I'm absolutely blanking on his name as I was just starting that sentence. Uh, Strother, who who is a guard. Uh, you count. You factor in them. Uh, I think it's a really good backcourt. I just again, I like Nolan Hickman a lot. I think he's going to take a big jump this year, and I think he's absolutely somebody who should be on second round radars. I think kind of you talk about these mid majors that uh, you know, they explode and they do really well. Nolan Hickman's going to benefit a lot from that, and I think he's going to have a big increase with uh, Andrew Nemhard. There's so many Nemhards to go around. There was RJ at TCU, Andrew at Gonzaga just now, and then we also have another Nemhard who we'll talk about later. Uh, so I, I just, I really like Nolan Hickman, though. I really think he'll. Excuse my uh, hitting the camera over there. Like I just bumped my computer, but uh, I think. Andrew, uh, excuse me, Nolan Hickman is just a good shooter, has a really good floater. I love his offense. So curious what you think about Gonzaga, and then I'll let you list another. Yeah, Gonzaga it has an interesting addition as well. I think Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas are really – I'm intrigued to see it. I'm, I has, I'm hesitant to put them that high just on those two because I'm a production guy, but they've got – certainly have the potential. They also brought in someone with elite potential – I mean, production and should have potential to be an efficient player in the WCC. Um, that is the the heart and soul of Chattanooga, who really pushed um, Kofi Coburn and Illinois to the brink and probably should have won that game in the first round of the 13-4 matchup. Uh, Malachi comes over and and he scored 20 points a game. Um, it, it's hard to to do that going up a division, but I think he still should be impactful. You've seen Michigan uh, do this two years in a row getting Mike Smith from Columbia and then getting Devonte Jones. And they've been instant impact players on good teams. They don't have to be the lead scorer. That's going to be Drew Timmy. Julian Strother is set to be the second. Um, so I, I think this is a backcourt that I would have safely in the top 10. Top five is a little, little tough. But you mentioned that we will talk about a Nemhard coming up. And I'll just do that right now. And I love Creighton's backcourt. Um, and that is before they got Baylor Shireman. And that's someone who is arguably the best transfer out there from uh, South Dakota State. And he shoots the ball from from all the way out in Omaha um, for, for Creighton. I mean, they, they can really shoot the basketball at Creighton typically, but they've got a different archetype of roster. And what I'm most excited for is Ryan Nemhard, who came in as a freshman last year and was one of the best point guards in the Big East. And then Trey Alexander with Ryan Nemhard out during the tournament. Trey Alexander, who's the cousin of Mike Conley, showed some serious poise and an impressive just wherewithal, knowing where to be, f- figured out how to score in moments where he had to score, uh, no, found a way to distribute without the true point guard, Ryan Nemhard with him. Add in Baylor Shireman's shooting ability, and Arthur Kaluma's a, a forward, but this, I just want to bring up that trio of sophomores. is my favorite trio of sophomores in the country of uh, Trey Alexander, Ryan Nemhard, and Arthur Kaluma. Uh, they, they've got a really fun team, and if you add in Baylor Shireman as the third guard, which he is, um, that's that's one of the best backcourts and one of the most accomplished backcourts, even though they're youthful. And and I think Creighton's going to have their best team they've had to date, e- even better than the Doug McDermott McBuckets days teams. Um, I, I really like this Creighton team, and I'm you know that's a team I typically stay away from betting on or or, or taking far in my brackets, but I think their identity is different this year. And when you've got one of the top, easily top five backcourts in America. I have a hard time staying away from you. And I think Creighton's the favorite in the big East and rightfully so, despite some talented programs in the big East that I think are being overlooked a little bit this year. Yeah. And I, I will forever stand firmly on this Island, but I think if Ryan Kalkbrenner didn't get hurt in the NCAA tournament, Kansas may not have been your champion. Uh, I will. That is my hottest. I don't know how hot of a take that is, but 
I, I really, I mean, they were in that game the whole time and that was without Cal Kerner, who was probably second or third best player. Uh, I know he's the most efficient, so maybe that's skewing a lot of my perception on that, but really would have loved to see them pull that upset off at the A1 uh, also because I picked out of my bracket, but obviously it's not how it played out. So I really like the Creighton pick as well. Um, I will go to, I'm trying to think of which one to even hint at next, but uh, I guess I'll start with Texas. I'll go with Texas as my next one. I know we had talked about that. Um, you know, I love Marcus Carr this year. I think he made such significant strides when he transferred over from Minnesota, became a really intense defender, uh, just really focused on off-ball defense. I saw him in person at TCU make guys' life just hell. And he would be a menace on ball. He would be making sure that guys can't even touch the ball. It's just really impressive stuff to me. I'm a sucker for that. He's still a good shot maker, can distribute a little bit. He needs to be if I wish he was a little bit bigger and did all this stuff to be in the NBA. But I think still ultimately he's going to be a guy who you don't want your client to work out against. He's going to make it in the G League, probably get a two way or something, maybe an exhibit 10. And I really like him. And then you throw it over to Tyrese Hunter, who was very good at Iowa State this last year. Very quick. Uh, he's a little bit undersized. At, I want to say six feet, maybe six foot one, if we're generous. Uh, didn't shoot the three ball well. Needs to improve that jump shot to really stick. But good playmaker. Uh, can get to the rim a little bit, just needs to be more efficient again and can get a lot of steals. Uh, he almost reminds me of a baby Sharif Cooper in some ways. So uh, not the best time to talk about the Sharif Cooper after he just got waived, but ultimately, you know, I think he's going to dominate at TCU or excuse me, Texas, uh, same conference, better program. Kind of the only thing I didn't like was now with both Carr and Hunter coming, which all this happened uh, I think unexpectedly to guys like Arteria Morris, who expected to be the starting guard just three months ago before all of that came out, kind of threw a wrench in his recruiting. But I th still think he'll also be in the mix, which kind of going back to Baylor, there's more guys. I think Arteria Morris is going to surprise a lot of people. I know you like Texas. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think Texas has a really good backcourt because they have a veteran in Marcus Carr who at Minnesota had to do so much and had to score uh, at an alarming rate, had to be the usage rate for Marcus Carr. I don't have it off the top of my head at Minnesota. It was alarming, like to the naked eye. And I'm sure statistically it would back it up. Um, then at Texas, he, you know, took a more egalitarian approach under Chris Beard in his first year there. And they're going to have the defensive intensity that made Chris Beard prevalent at Texas tech. And I love, I love Hunter Tyrese Hunter transferring to Texas. Uh, I thought there was some places that may have been a better fit for him, but what does fit is the defensive intensity and he can make that team better just by playing defense and creating offense via defense. And Marcus Carr can be the facilitator. I think Tyrese Hunter has got a chance to be a first round pick or a early second round pick in the NBA draft this upcoming year, especially if he improves his jump shot. He hits seven threes in a tournament game and his jump shots, one of my concerns. So he's, he's just a big time player. Uh, I had Texas number six on my list. Uh, so they were just on the cusp and, and I'm very eager to see how they have all these talented players, Dylan Mitchell as well at the small forward, how they're going to kind of appease all these players and, and their hunger to score the basketball because a lot of them are ball dominant. But uh, Texas is a team to watch that I think will surprise some people that have kind of gotten used to Texas being disappointing come March Madness. Yeah, and then let's talk about some of our uh, – let's, let's wrap this up. Let's uh, hit our number five, and then let's hit some honorable mentions too. Uh, I'll let you – I'll let you go with uh, your number five, your last one you want to talk about before we go into some rapid fire. 
Yeah, I think I think you you hit my number five and six there. I've got one that that we haven't talked about yet. My my five was Miami, so we we discussed Miami, um, and then I had TCU in Texas six and seven. And uh, my number eight, I think this is one that I, we we've talked about some of their individual players, but we haven't talked about them as a tandem. Is Arkansas? Arkansas has elite young guards, so it's hard for me to put them super super high. But in talent, they may be the most talented pairing of guards um, and obviously that's Nick Smith who widely is regarding and, and I, I've used Tankathon to to say big board rankings he's number three on Tankathon and then number 10 is Anthony Black who's six foot seven 195 pounds both of them are young freshmen they're 18 years old uh, and and they'll be just not, barely 19 by draft time I, I think I think these two guards will probably both be lottery picks. It just depends how they work as a cohesive unit and how good Arkansas is. And I have faith in Eric Musselman to make them an elite eight caliber team. He's done it two years in a row uh, with lesser rosters. And so I have faith in him to do so. Um, It's just, I got to, I can't put them top five without seeing them on a college basketball court, but talent wise, Nick Smith is an explosive guard. He gets to the rim at will. He's got a kind of deep bag, got tricks in it, tricks in his sleeve, and he can get to the rim and posterize you. Anthony Black's an incredible scorer, not quite the athlete Nick Smith is, but he's got a beautiful jump shot and length to to boot, so he can play, you know, be an impactful defender for two positions, even despite being not the athlete of the extreme caliber of Nick Smith. But I'm excited to watch this backcourt. I'm just not quite top five on them, but they easily could be. Yeah, and I think that's the best draft backcourt off the top of my head, just so much upside. I mean, Anthony Black could be a lottery talent if things go right for him. I think Nick Black is, or excuse me, Nick Smith is almost a lock to go lottery at this from this point, but also at the same time, like 11 months in the draft, literally nothing is a lock. So uh, at the same time, not really, but from this point, like Nick Smith seems to be a safe bet. Uh, I like that pick a lot. They were also in my potential honorable mentions. Uh, my fifth one, I'm cheating here a little bit, uh, just scaling somebody down by doing this, but uh, I'm going to go with Duke. I feels like every single episode I'm talking about the Duke, uh, this one player from Duke, Tyrese Proctor, who is coming over from Australia, just a great shot creator at 6'4", fully buy into his uh, playmaking and just overall point guard skills and all-around offense. And then on top of that, uh, I really do like Dariq Whitehead. The, again, this is where I'm kind of cheating here. He's not a true point guard, but I think ultimately you'll see him play some shooting guard minutes. You'll see them p- be paired together. And to me, that's why they'd be my number five. So curious what you think on Duke and uh, any honorable mentions you want. Go ahead and start listing them. Yeah, I think I think Duke, uh, Tyrese Proctor, I know you're a huge fan. And, and I think the the upside is there i may i may think he's going to be a two-year guy um i I think he's got a lot of talent but there's just a lot of mouths to feed at duke obviously Derek whitehead when you scale him down to the guard spot that makes that elevates them with um jeremy roach as well uh jeremy roach is set to take a big leap as a junior in, in responsibility and he was arguably the second best player during duke's final four run behind paolo bancaro um proctor and um Jacob Grandison, I was blanking there. Illinois transfer previously from Holy Cross. Awesome player. I think he may play more minutes just because they want a veteran presence. A lot of the best Duke teams have had an older guard on their team that brings to mind like Matt Jones um, as a guy who like he played with Quinn Cook and then they had Tyus 
Justice Winslow and Jaleel Okafor. I have a hunch they're going to play him over Tyrese Proctor, but Tyrese Proctor is going to excel in the second year. So I'm going to, I'm going to pump the, I'll pump the, my personal brakes on him, but I do like Tyrese Proctor. Um, and then a few honorable mentions that I have, I I've, I've got Kentucky. Um, I'll, I'll just read them out and then I'll analyze them after I've got Kentucky, Memphis, Florida, and UCLA as a couple. I, I think, Kentucky is one where you've got a proven commodity in severe, severe Wheeler and whether I love his shot distribution, because I felt like he took away from Ty Ty Washington. That's a separate story, but he's a proven commodity. He's a defensive pest. He just, he leads the sec in assists. Um, they bring in a transfer that scores 20 a game and Reeves. And then they, they have case and Wallace coming in and, and he's a top 20 freshman. And I haven't seen a ton of Wallace to, to, definitively give my take on whether I feel great about him as a draft prospect or as a college player, but it's hard to argue with that, uh, the reputation that he, pre- uh, that precedes him. UCLA brings in a top 20 freshman as well. Amari Bailey, who's top 10 and Tiger Campbell certainly is a known commodity. He's awesome back there. So I, I like UCLA. Uh, Memphis is a sneaky one. They bring in Kendrick Davis, who won the American player of the year this past year. And then they have uh, Alex Lomax, who's a fifth year, maybe even sixth year senior now. So I really like that backward. I can see the trend. I like one proven commodity, one guy um, that that's you know kind of a bit of a a sleeper. That but in this case, they're both proven commodities. Um, I think Kendrick Davis was the best player, and he and he his award said so. And I think he's going to be ex- excellent again for Memphis. And I think he may repeat as AAC Player of the Year. Obviously. Um, he'd have to beat out Mark Sasser, and I'm not certain he'll do that, but that's a really close one. And then the last one I said there was Florida. Um, they bring in Will Richard, and and I think people sleep on Will Richard's game. I know I know Richard, Richard Stame, another another guard over here. Um, he, he likes his game, so I'll let you break in over uh, break in over here, but I just wanted to give a Will Richard shout-out because him and Lofton are a sneaky, fun backcourt. And I'll give one more. Reese Beekman. I love Reese Beekman. He's He's – the best defensive guard in the country, in my opinion, and Kihei Clark, who's not far behind. And that's a very experienced backcourt that I think Beekman's set to become an All-American, uh, not All-American, All-ACC performer. Um, and when you're All-ACC, that, that certainly means that you're doing something right. Hey, shout out to Simon Rath of uh, Hawks Draft Nerd. He loves Will Richards. So I know if he's listening, he, uh, he absolutely will love that. Um, so, and also thank you for calling me a guard. Uh, I'm not worthy, but thank you. Uh, one of, uh, one of the other, I had a couple honorable mentions. You, you took one right out of my mouth. Kentucky captured it perfectly. Uh, I really like Ohio state too. Uh, I really think Roddy Gale top 50 recruit is somebody who is going to be an NBA player. Uh, they also got the 46 rank recruit. Actually, Roddy Gale was 45. This guy, Bruce Thornton, who I don't know a ton about was 46, but already strong there. But the big draw for me was they also got Isaac Likely, who still reminds me a ton of a Patrick Beverly, just really needs to be more aggressive as a scorer to make it in the NBA. Um, That's really his big missing key. Also want to correct something I said earlier. I said Gonzaga. I completely forgot one person in there. Malachi Smith, the transfer from Chattanooga. I forgot he had transferred over to Gonzaga. He was the best player on that team, a team that a lot of people thought was going to be a Cinderella in, in the tournament. Uh, it, it was a good team. They won, I think, 24, 23 games, 25, somewhere in that range. He's going to add a very solid veteran experience, even though Gonzaga didn't have a great recruiting class. They still had a really good, I mean, getting him made up for that. So I really like that. 
I think you captured it pretty well. Uh, I also liked UCLA. That was another one that I've had on my mind. And then just one last shout out, uh, I guess, is uh, I like David Jones at DePaul. And then I also like Zion Cruz, who is a commit to DePaul. Uh, he went to the Donda Academy. Uh, Donda, I still really don't even know how to say it as uncultured as I am. Uh, but I really do like both of them. I've seen Zion's game uh, and I've seen David Jones's game. I think they're a really good pairing. They're not anything like super special, but just shout out to them. But uh, this has been our top five college basketball backcourts. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're not listening on YouTube already, uh, or excuse me, watching on YouTube, please do the usual. You hear it all the time, like, subscribe, share, all that, all the fun stuff. But if you could actually just subscribe, that's all we ask. Uh, it would really mean a lot to us. We're actually like in a competition here uh, on Locked On of which NBA uh, team or, you know, the Locked On NBA channel, we're, we're far behind. So anything we could get helps. Anything helps at this point would really mean a lot. But my name is Richard Saman at Mavs Draft. You can follow Leaf at Leaf Tulane, just his first and last name right here on the YouTube channel. Uh, or excuse me, on this video at the bottom right, middle right. Go ahead and give him a follow as well. Great for college basketball content just throughout the season, off season. He's all his brain is always going with college basketball stuff, kind of like mine is. We're both always churning just basketball content. But thank you so much for listening. We will see y'all tomorrow.